Well, good morning. Uh, as you all heard, my name is Ben Nichols. Uh, and I was once in your seat, not that long ago, actually, sitting on that side of this thing and looking at this pulpit and going, Lord, don't ever put me up there, please. That'd just be terrifying, right? Turns out it's not so bad after you've been doing it for a while, so I encourage you, if you haven't ever done this, get to it. Uh, you know, I remember being a student here. Now, many of you may not know this, but I was actually crippled when I came here as a student. Literally crippled. Um, in high school, I tore the ACL in my right knee, um, and I got it replaced some years later, but that just caused a lot of damage throughout the years. Well, 2013, I'm sorry, the end of 2012 rolls around, and what did I do? I tore the ACL in my left knee. You know, good times. And I did that training martial arts. Well, you'd think I would have learned, right? Well, I didn't. But anyways, I, I, I go to the doctors. They do the, the, the reconstructive surgery on my left knee. They go in a few weeks later on my right knee to do an orthoscopic clean-out. And then I go in for my follow-up appointment, and they said to me, you're never going to walk upstairs again. You're done. I, I was in my mid to late 30s, somewhere around there. And I said... Uh, well, can't you replace my knee? Or my knees, in, in fact, both of them needed to be done. They said, yes, we can, but you're too young. You're not a candidate. So we were not going to have that conversation with you. It wasn't like, hey, let's talk about it. They shut me right down. Now, obviously, I was a young man, and I was, I was you know, uh, I had a business, very thriving business at the time. Um, and I was a martial artist, like I said. And so that crushed me beyond words. Beyond words. But I looked at the, um, the lady who was the nurse practitioner at the time. I'm sorry, physician's assistant. Anyways, I said, Jesus can fix this. Now, I believed that when I said it. And she looked at me and she was surprised. She goes, well, I, I believe that too. She was like, but don't tell the surgeon. He doesn't want to hear that. I'm like, where is he? Let me at him. <laughs> that's, you know, evangelism will get you. Get you in trouble too. But that's okay. I don't mind. So as I was a student here, and I'm walking around campus, I had to have a cane, and I had to have a titanium knee brace on my right knee because my right knee didn't just bend back and forth. It bent side to side. It was great. It was fun. You know, it was good at parties. It wasn't fun at all. Anyway, so <laughs> it was a great uh, topic, uh, you know, to, to start off a you know, conversation. But I was known on campus as the old man with the cane. You know, I mean, that's not what you want to be called, but I, I accepted it. That's where I was at. And I remember, you know, okay, I, I'd we had lost everything. We lost everything. Uh, my, my business was gone. Um, you know, we wound up, my family, of myself and my wife and our three kids, we wound up losing everything to the point where everything we owned fit in a van. Okay? I mean, that's how bad it was. I couldn't work. Well, the Lord brought us to EBINC. And our, our, my goal at the time was like, I want to serve the Lord. So as I'm limping around campus and stuff, I started being discipled by uh, Dr. John Miller. And I went to him one day and I said, John, I don't know what to do. Actually, Dr. Miller, I don't know what to do. I, all, I know what, all I know how to do is karate and I know how to, 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 you know, to run my business, but I don't know how to do anything else. He said, well, you need to go seek the Lord. So what did I do? I left his office, and I came in, and I sat in over here, right, right around where uh, Dr. A is sitting. And I just laid it all out to the Lord. I mean, the tab was empty. There wasn't anybody here. 
I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know what he said? He said, open a martial arts school. <laughs> okay. Um, now, when he said that to me, I realized, you know, well, okay, before I was broken, I could have done that in my own strength. Absolutely no problem at all. I got that. However, at the time that he told this to me, I was broken, like really broken. So I realized that if it was going to be done, it would have to be done through him, not me. It had to be done by his strength, by his power. It turns out, if you want to be used by God, you need to be broken. Now, you don't understand that yet. Some of you might have an idea, but let me tell you, when it happens, you'll know. And you'll know because everything will be over, or you'll think it will be. And then you have to rely solely on God to an extreme that you've never experienced. Well, many years have passed since the day that I sat here and the Lord said, hey, you're going to do this for me. And during that time, I met Pastor Harry Velikoop who mentored me for five and a half years uh, before he, uh, he graciously stepped down and, and handed the, the helm of Livonia Community Church over to myself and my wife, Lindsay. And um, during that time, when I first started working with Pastor Harry, I was still crippled. Just before I met him, the Lord said, if you do what I say, I will heal you. I was sitting in a church service. He's like, if you do what I say, I'll heal you. I almost jumped out of my chair. Like, what do you want me to do? Show me. Go, just show me. What, what is it? Because I, I didn't want to be like that anymore. I did not want to rely on a cane and a titanium knee brace. No, thank you. Well, about a week later, I went to a, a pastor's get-together down at Celebrate Church, and here comes this Dutch man with white hair. I've never seen him before. I, think, well, I, I take that back. I didn't know him. I saw him here in a chapel one time. And I thought when I listened, I was like, wow, he's a really powerful guy. So I was only a little intimidated when he sat down across from me at the, at the table. I don't know if you know him, but he's very stern looking. You know, It's kind of terrifying, even for a big guy like me. I'm like, whoa, man, I, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. <laughs> well, that's when the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to ask this man to disciple you. I'm like, okay. And mind you, God had just said to me a week before, if you do what I ask you to do, I will heal you. So my immediate reaction was to, after you know, following that service, I went back to the guy who I was being discipled under at the time, John Miller, Dr. John Miller, and I said, I think the Lord might be telling me to ask Pastor Harry to disciple me. Dr. Miller looked at me, he goes, go ask Pastor Harry to disciple you. Get out there and do it. Well, I didn't know that's what he does. I didn't know that was his specialty. He's been doing it his whole life. Okay, I had no idea. So I called him up and I go to his home and I say, um, this might sound a little weird to you, but I think this is what God is telling me. Well, that was the beginning of an amazing transformation in my life into leadership. But within the first couple months of me moving into that calling, into that discipleship, God miraculously healed my legs. Amen. Amen. Both of them. Right? Amen, right? So let me ask you something. And, and this is a question I want you to, to really think about. Why are you here today? 
What, what is it that drew you here? Not just to chapel, right? Because I know why you're here today. I mean, there's a pile of foundational blocks sitting there. And if anybody wants to come up and poke them and see if they're real, please do, right? There's four of those. There's eight inches of concrete. That's about two slabs of sidewalk sitting on top of each other right there. I'm going to smash that in half for you. You guys want to see that? You want to do it right now? Okay, what you going to wait, though, right? <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know, if I just show you how to smash something in half, that's cool. But if I teach you about a power that resides in your hands that can break foundations, then I've done my job. I didn't just put a show on for you. I taught you something, right? But what circumstances brought you here? I know all of you have a story. Everybody does. Everybody understands what it's like when somebody says, hey, I've been broken. If you've been alive for more than a minute, you've been, you've been broken in one way or another. But what are you looking to get out of your relationship with God here in this place? Because if you're here today and you're serious about getting equipped to serve God, if you're serious about saying, God, what do you want me to do? What do you have for me? He will take you where your feeble knees can never reach, no matter what. He will take you there. And whatever roadblocks you think that you have in your life that will prevent you from reaching that point are, are totally, totally useless. They're not even really in the way, right? They're not even really in the way. Again, I'm going to equip you guys this morning to be able to crumble foundations with your hands. Who wants to learn how to do that? Yeah, I would hope so, right? That's exciting, right? So who wants to come up and have a whack at the, at the bricks? <laughs> I know uh, uh, Dr. Case was volunteering. <laughs> yeah, woo! <laughs> I want to talk to you this morning about the greatest power that I have learned in Christian martial arts. That sounds amazing, doesn't it? And I learned it from the greatest master that ever walked the face of the earth. What is that power? It's the power of prayer. It's like, oh man, that's boring. Is it? Is it? Or is it something that can shake the foundations of the world? Hmm. And what is prayer? I want you to think about that. What is prayer? It's a lot of things, isn't it? But what is it exactly? Well, let's look at the example that the greatest master who ever walked the earth, Jesus Christ, gave us in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I know you guys are all saying this in your mind. Say it with me. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let me ask you something. Has that become, has that become kind of like a mundane mantra? Has it? It's okay to say yes. I've heard it a thousand times. Good. Well, maybe you're going to hear it a thousand more. But what does it mean? So in karate, we're taught a system of katas. Right? Kata is a form, a system of, of movements that, that teaches you techniques 
right? Defense and offense and how to move, right? Kata is forms training, and it, what it does is it allows you to eventually master the techniques that you're being taught. If, if, for instance, if you're taught one individual technique, maybe a block or a kick or a punch, but you don't know how to incorporate or incorporate that into your movement, what good is it? Right? If I can go like this and block something, but I don't know that if someone's going to hit me in the head, I have to block it like that. I mean, what good is it? It's just useless knowledge. See, at the, and at the beginning of every kata, the, the student will come and bow and then come out into their ready stance and announce what they're there to do. Well, if we look at Jesus' outline for his for, for, the, for his uh, prayer, it's like a kata. It's instructional. I love it. I love it. I, when I sat down and I started taking this thing and looking through it and taking it apart, I was like, it's just like a kata. It's got a form. It's got techniques. It's got things we got to do. I love it. And it's for a purpose. Okay? So Jesus starts his prayer by honoring God, saying, hallowed or holy is your name. Do you approach God like that? Do you approach God like that? Do you recognize who he is in your heart and mind when you go to him? That's what Jesus did. He continues uh, by by asking for for his kingdom, for God's kingdom to come and, and his will to be done on earth just like it is in heaven. So this technique puts God's ways and his will before and above that of man. It's also the reason that Jesus came to earth, isn't it? Was to bring God's ways to mankind. Following these things, Jesus continues by presenting personal requests, asking for physical provisions. We need those things, right? You have things you have to ask God for. How about, uh, I don't know, maybe tuition, right? God, please pay the bill. If you guys can't relate with that, I don't know where I am. (laughs) Of course, you've never walked in faith more in your life than when you're like, how am I going to pay for this, right? But you need to. It's important. There it is. there's, There's provision for it. Asking for forgiveness of sin. And he asks for protection from the enemy. Man, again, when I read this, I'm like, this really is like karate. Because that's what we're here to do. When I go to martial arts, Christian martial arts, I'm learning to defend myself. I'm learning to come into a situation and honor what I'm here to do. Honor the one who gave me the place to be a Christian martial artist. And guys, it happened right here. When I was sitting right there, God commissioned me to be a Christian martial artist. I was already a martial artist, but not the way he, he caused me to grow into over these past five and a half years. So Christ's kata, or his outline for prayer, is this. Worship and recognition of who God is. Setting God's will and priority as his priority. Asking for life's provision. Repenting of sin. Of course, Jesus didn't have to do that, but we do. Although he did say it, right? Setting the example, setting the outline. And seeking protection from the enemy. So based upon this outline, we can now answer the question, what is prayer? Prayer is worshiping God for who he is. Surrendering our will to his. Bringing his kingdom into this world. Seeking necessary provisions for life. Repenting of sin. 
and seeking protection from the enemy. Does that all make sense? Uh, that kind of encompasses us, doesn't it? But we need all those things. Jesus recognized that. And he wanted to set for us a template for how to go about receiving those things when we ask for them. Do you need that? Oh, I, I guarantee you do. And you might not know how much you need that today. But as life goes on and life happens, and I guarantee it well, you're going you're gonna to need to fall back on this. So now we know that what prayer is. We need to know what's God's will. What is God's will? Well, I mean, we could go down a thousand different roads on it, but I want to point out one very important thing. Because today the technique that we're going to focus on for what, what is God's will, right? We know, we know that, you know, if we move in this way, we do these things that Jesus laid out for us, then we can see God's will done. So today we're going to focus on John 3.16. Oh, there's another simple one, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, and whoever should believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So simple. It better be. It better be because we need to be able to teach that to children. They, they, are, they are the future. It needs to be simple, but it's profound. It's important. God's will is salvation through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for all humanity. Okay, so, so how does this all fit together? How, how, how does this fit in with prayer? Well, how do we use the technique of bringing salvation through prayer? Okay, John 6, says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. No one can come to know Jesus Christ as Lord unless the Father draws him. So if we're going to see God's will done on earth, and we know that God's will is salvation through Jesus Christ, and we understand that no one can come to Christ unless God draws him, then clearly our job is to ask God through prayer to draw those people to himself. Does that make sense? Of course, right? It's so simple, but it's so important. It's so profound. And the gravity of it, it cannot be understated. God, Jesus always works in ways, you know, that, that touch the lives of human beings. So, so touching the lives of human beings is his job. And he calls us to do that with him. And how better can you touch their lives than by sharing him with them? Amen? Again, what are you here at this place for? What are you looking to, to, to gain from this? If you're looking to gain other people for him, then you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. But there's two things that must accompany prayer for it to be successful. Two things. First, let's just make sure I'm on track here. First, we need to be praying according to God's will. Now, I could ask God for anything. Lord, give me a million dollars, right? That would be awesome. Oh, my debt is paid. I'm good. But if that's not God's will, is he going to do that for you? Well, you can pray a million times for each dollar you want. Well, guess what? If it's not his will, you're not praying according to his will. Therefore, he's not obligated to answer you with a yes. He can answer you. You might not like the answer. I know I've prayed for a million dollars. I didn't like the answer I got. And guess what? I don't have a Porsche, okay? <laughs> Although I really want one. He knows that, but he didn't give me one, so I'm all right with it. But let's take a look at John, or 1 John 5, 14 through 15. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked him for. So number one of the two things we need to have is we need to pray according to God's will if we expect him to answer us with a yes. And therefore, okay, we must know what God's will is. And that's why you guys are here. You, you guys, uh, who's here uh, learning the Bible, by the way? Just, you know, put your hand up if you're learning what the Bible has. I hope so. If you're not learning what the Bible says here, I don't know, we'll have to talk about that later. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so you're learning God's will, right? So we know we have to pray according to that. And no, the second thing here is we must believe that God is able to accomplish what he desires to do through your prayer. Who believes that God can do what God says he wants to do? Raise your hand. If you believe that, if you believe that God can do it, right, then we have to really act on it. We have to believe it. Not, I'm just, not just saying, you know, on a little, okay, yeah, I believe that. Okay, fine. Do you really believe that? So up to this point in our journey this morning, we've, we've learned our kata, or our outline for prayer which includes our offense technique of praying for salvation for others. So that's our offensive technique, right? A punch or a kick, right? We're going after something. We're trying to get something from the enemy, and that is somebody else's soul, all right? That's our, that's our offense. Now we under, need to understand a defensive technique, right? A block. Well, okay, if I, have, if I get into a fight or if I'm, if I'm uh, you know, doing a... a sparring session with somebody, and I know all these great kicks and punches, but I can't block myself, I guess what? I'm going to get knuckle sandwiched real fast, okay? Especially with some of the people I play around with, like Kayla, okay? Yeah, yeah everybody's laughing because like, yeah, she's a ninja. Yeah, she, yeah she's a ninja, I guarantee it. I, yeah, like, watch out. Ouch. Anyways. <laughs> I lost my place. All right, so... So did you know that the enemy, the devil, knows what the Bible says? He reads it. He knows what it says. So for instance, if we look at James uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Whoa. Whoa. What could the enemy possibly do with that information? Hmm? So he knows that if we don't believe that God is able to answer our prayers then we will not receive what we're asking for. So let me give you a for instance. Let's say I know a guy named Joe. I don't know. I know a lot of Joes. But let's just use that name for an illustration. So Joe needs salvation. And I know God can save him. Oh, Lord, I know you can save him, I think, because Joe's a pretty bad guy. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't know if he can be saved. I tried to talk to him about it one time, and he wasn't hearing me. So I don't know. Never mind, God. Right? Is God going to be like, yes, I'm going to go run over and save him? Is my prayer going to be effective if I don't believe God can intervene in this person's life? He might, regardless of your feeble prayer, but I'm telling you, if you want to have the power of your prayer 
moving into that individual's life. Believe what you're saying. Believe that God is able to save that person. It might take 20 years. But what is 20 years to God? You know, God has to work things out in our life. Not everybody's ready right now, right this second. But does that mean you should stop believing and stop praying for that person? No. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Because you have the greatest thing in the world, Christian, that lives inside of your heart and mind. That is the living Savior, Jesus Christ. They need him so they don't go to hell. Wow, you can't use that word in church. Yeah, I sure can, right? Because that's a place. That's a place. We don't want them to go there. None of them to go there. I don't care who they are or what they've done. So Satan's, uh, you know, he, he, he tries to put doubt in our minds when we're praying for people. He, he, is, he is deflecting our offense through deception. Right? He deceives us. God can't really do that. Just like back in the garden. Did God really say? Did God really? Did he really? Can he really? That's what he does. So our defense to his deception, his offense to us, is that we must never compromise our faith in knowing that God can accomplish his will. Amen? Amen. Stand in it. Okay, the reason that I named my martial arts ministry is no compromise martial arts is because I will not compromise with Satan. I will not. I will not compromise with sin. I will stand firm in what God has set before me, which is the principle of his word, the principles of his word, and my faith in Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what it costs me. I've already lost everything. Everything I have today is because he rebuilt me. Therefore, what I am and what I have belongs solely to him. So how then could I possibly compromise? It is already his. If he wants to take it, if he wants to remove my life from me, it's his to take. Do it. Actually, one day I get to go home. I look forward to that. But until then, I will work. I will do what he's called me to do. So let's review. Christ's kata, or his outline for prayer, is worship and recognition of who God is, setting God's will as our priority, asking for life's provision, repenting of sin, seeking protection from the enemy. Based upon this outline, again, we can answer the question, what is prayer? Prayer is worshiping God for who he is, surrendering our will to his, bringing his kingdom into this world, seeking necessary provisions for life, repenting of sin, and seeking protection from the enemy. It's all very simple, isn't it? It's so simple, and I'm going to repeat it. You know why? Because if I do that, you'll remember it. You know, I'm sorry if it's redundant, but guess what? You'll remember. Now, we recognize that God's will is the salvation for humanity through the Lord Christ Jesus. And we understand that our offensive technique is to pray for their salvation. To draw, that, that, that God would draw those people to the Father in heaven through, or through Jesus Christ. And we must never compromise our faith in knowing that God can accomplish his will. So these bricks that I brought today, nice and fresh out of the brickyard, by the way, they're still wet. 
They represent the foundation of the strongholds that keep people from being saved. Right? I was taught by Pastor Harry, you've always got to have an illustration. People will never forget when you do something crazy, you know, <laughs> about the lesson that you taught them. Right? So if I smash eight inches of concrete in half with my palm, I don't think you're going to forget that. Furthermore, I don't think you're going to forget the lesson that came along with it. So these bricks represent that foundation of the strongholds that keep people from being saved. Moving in God's will and believing that God is able to accomplish his will through prayer, because of that, I can destroy, you can destroy those foundations. Are you willing to destroy those foundations through prayer? Raise your hand. I want to see the palm of your hand if you're willing to do this, guys. I want to see the palm of your hand. Because that's what you're going to use to do it. You're going to put those palms together and you're going to say, Lord Jesus, move on this person's life. Touch them. Bring them to you for salvation. Because that person will exist in eternity with you because you were faithful to fulfill God's will. You get to be his partner. Isn't that cool? <laughs> There's nothing cooler as far as I'm concerned, guys. Through his power, I can crush my enemy. 